begin. The Internet, a doorway to the world's most fascinating and terrifying communities. To explore it is to interrogate that which makes us human. Only some are brave enough to venture into these other worlds. Only some are brave enough to be called. The Internet Explorers. Hey everybody, welcome back to our podcast. This is Anderson Brothers, The Internet Explorers. I'm your host, David Ryan Anderson. And over here, I got my little sidekick. Cut me off at the pass. Little sidekick? Over here, I have my boy sidekick. <laughs> Hi there, I'm Evan Boy. <laughs> I can't think of a superhero sidekick name. We'll Nor you... do I w- require one or want one. We'll call you Boy Evan. I, I'm Evan the Boy Wonder. <laughs> All right. Uh, I am Evan Axel Anderson. That's my actual Yeah, you got to put on, "Mm -hmm, yes, this is Evan Axel Anderson. Today we're going to be talking about a very interesting and peculiar group. We're talking about, like, this is like one of the weirdest recent phenomenon. Out of nowhere, all of a sudden people are believing in the flat earth conspiracy theory. That literally the earth is flat. It is not a sphere. It's not a globe in space. It is a flat surface that we're all living on. Their ranks include the likes of Tila Tequila. Really? Yeah, Tila Tequila is a flat earther. She's also a Holocaust denier, isn't she? I don't know about that one, but yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Might as well. <laughs> throw it on the pile. Wow, are there like famous people that are flat earthers? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think... I know it's that one basketball player. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't know if there's anybody who's a flat earther who is like shocking to hear it. I mean, I think anybody is shocking to hear, but like... Kevin James. Wow, that's pretty shocking to Kevin, hear. Uh, Kevin Kevin James definitely believes the Earth is a round sphere. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm the kind of guy who loves conspiracy theory communities and stuff. I've been traveling around on the internet, like interacting with them. And I like to call myself a conspiracy tourist. I'm uh, a kind of. I mean, that's basically like what this whole podcast is predicated on. And in all my travels, the flat earthers were like... Like, they've, they've always existed, but... It was a bizarre corner of the internet. Even that was like, yeah, well, okay, Flat Earthers, you guys are over there. Like, I'm going to hang out with the UFO people and the people who think that Bush did 9-11 and stuff like that. And the people who, like, think the Montauk project, you know, is is real. Much more prevalent and, uh, and, and sexier conspiracy theories. Yeah, I mean, if the Flat Earth stuff was, it was like a weird little, you know, ugly bump on the already admittedly bumpy head of the conspiracy theory community. I think I say butt, like, it's a little pimple on the butt this is a of good metaphor. conspiracy theory. It's a good metaphor. I just realized we're like the Herodotus of the internet, David. We're going around with, like, a sort of historical... I know what that means, but I want to know if you know what that means. <laughs> Herodotus was the first historian, and his history was basically like, I'm going to go to these different countries, I'm just going to do, like, an anthropological study. His approach to history was like, there are a bunch of stories that all these different cultures tell, right? and I'm just going to relay them all to you, and I'm not going to sort of judge whether they're true or not. But, you know, it's good to record all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think so. That's us. Nice. We are Heraclius. Herodotus. I actually, Ooh, we could be Heraclius. That would be a, that that a, a Roman real, emperor. That's a real person? He was an awesome Roman emperor, Jeez, actually. Of course he was. Yeah. I, I know a lot of people, you know, it's been like a cool thing to investigate this stuff recently, but... For those of you who don't know, you think we're absolutely insane. We're talking about people who think the Earth is flat. I think let's start off by talking about just a real nice broad overview of what it is that they believe. Like, what do we mean when we say a flat Earther? Sure. Here are sort of the broad strokes of it. Flat Earthers believe the Earth is flat, right? Flat how, though? Like, what is... Sure. The Earth is basically like a large disk. Um, Imagine that instead of a globe, you've got a map, and that is the correct depiction of what the earth looks like physically most maps the earth is literally a giant map yeah but what map if you know anything about maps you know there are a bunch of different projections because the earth is actually a globe so all these different map projections look different because you're trying to turn a sphere into a flat surface which is not possible to do without some distortions okay so the way that they've chosen to uh, see the world flat is as an azimuthal equidistant projection map um and if you're listening to our podcast you're going to be listening to it on a internet browser 
So you can Google this to have a point of reference as to when we're talking. It's, easy. it's gonna be Just useful. type in azimuthal <laughs> metabolizer. Uh, it's azimuthal is spelled A-Z-I-M-U-T-H-A-L. Um, Once again, that word is A-Z-I-T-H-M-U-E-L. A-Z-I-M-U-T-H-A-L, David. Oh, boy. Azimuthal. Uh-uh. Well, <laughs> you got it wrong. Sorry. Oh. The, an, an easier alternative, if you don't want to look that up, is look up the UN map. Oh, yeah, it's easier. The globe. The UN logo. If you want, yeah, look up the UN flag. The, yeah. yeah. The logo is a top-down view of Earth with the North Pole at the center of the map. The South Pole is not actually a point on this map. The South Pole is actually a ring. the entire border of the disk. Right. And Antarctica surrounds the world, essentially. Yeah. So what, you, what you've created is a map where the further north you go, north is, not, north is actually the center of the circle. So as you go further south, you are actually traveling to the edge of the disk. As you go further north, you're traveling towards the center of the disk. Right. Which creates a whole bunch. I mean, that, that's a completely. That's how magnetic different. fields work, David. <laughs> so I mean, so that right off the bat, like they're they're living in a completely different version of Earth than we are. Because for, for the first, for the first of all, the South Pole is, or, or the Southern Hemisphere is enormous. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if you look at that map project, projection, Australia is the size of Asia. So right, yeah. it, just to give you an idea, and Greenland is tiny. Like you could fit like a billion Greenlands in Australia. All right, that's ex- that's that's uh, stretching it, but you can fit I mean, a let's lot. Not, I mean, let's, let's not <laughs> let's not slander the flat earthers here, right? Because because the further north you go, you're really traveling inward, which means there's less space. So I don't know how they justify that. I mean, they they do have the benefit of there is less land in the southern hemisphere to like test this out on but but yeah like australia for example or uh, i'll tell you what russia gets cheated out of being the biggest russia country in the is, world russia is tiny and now. actually yeah. argentina or like australia ends up becoming the biggest country yeah, in the world yeah so that so that, that's what they believe the earth looks like but that also immediately brings up a ton more questions like 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 if there's an edge of the disc what is beyond the edge like i like to believe that the edge it looks like the wall like in game of thrones like, like you go you go far enough south or towards the edge or whatever and all of a sudden you just like hit this ice wall and like there's nothing beyond it well it's interesting that um you bring that up because the per- perceptions of what the edge of the world look like are a little they vary a bit because mm-hmm. there's no like orthodoxy to this you know they're just kind of talking to each other like right. this is what i think this is what i've heard uh, and some people will believe that it just continues infinitely as like a giant like snowy wasteland like one guy uses an interview from 1954 with like us an antarctic explorer and he says there's a space the size of you know the united states beyond the south pole and they're like there's something beyond the south pole how can that be and it's like well there's the other side of the south pole i was just saying <laughs> <laughs> sorry easy for that to be something there's something there's something beyond everything on the earth <laughs> But, you know, so there's people who believe that, where it's just a giant, like, snowy expanse that continues who knows how long, almost indefinitely. So it's like our, our concept of an infinite universe, just flat. Right, and really snowy. And, and empty. It's just snow. It's just cold. There's nothing out there. It's like the Earth atmosphere equivalent of space. Space is just cold and dark. Interesting. So they're, they're saying that this was a historical event. Human explorers have seen the edge of the world. Yeah. Okay. Essentially. Interesting. Okay, well, the other another explanation I've heard is that there is, when you reach the wall or the, the border of the Earth, it's actually Truman Show style, like, you know, in, in the movie, The Truman Show with Jim Carrey. Great. Sure, famous, great. famous Jim Carrey. Great, famous movie, yeah. great movie. Yeah. You reach, uh, for him, he's living in a simulated world, like he's living literally in a giant, you know, like dome. And he's living on an island, and if he sails out far enough, he'll he'll hit the edge and he'll literally hit a blue wall that's painted to look like the sky right and the idea is that we're living on the inside of a giant snow globe where the round earth is the flat bottom and we've got a giant literally a huge dome just over everything and that's what the sky is or the sky may be beyond that it's not totally clear exactly i mean like like you said like there's a lot of disagreement about 
there is the science of all this right there's there's a belief that space does not exist like you can't go to space because there is some kind of invisible barrier you're gonna yeah yeah if you've ever seen that old-timey woodcut of like the astronomer poking his head through the sky and seeing like the stars beyond it it's basically that's what they think the edge of the world looks like so it's this entirely self-contained world that we're living in right a snow globe is the is the clearest way i can visualize it i think no that that's a good that's a good analogy so, but I mean, then, then all of a sudden you're left with this, the new question, which is like, if we're living in a dome, what, what's the deal with the sun and the moon? Like, how is this supposed to work? What are those guys up to? The way that I've heard it described is you've essentially got these two orbs mm-hmm. uh, or images on the top of like the inside surface of the dome. Okay. And they just go clockwise around the North Pole. And that's how you get the day and night cycles. Right. So it's like, so like if you imagine like a yin yang symbol, like the two dots in the yin yang. Right. Like if you start to spin a yin yang symbol, those two dots will start to rotate around, you know, like they'll just like circle, you know, around each other. Imagine the white one's the sun, the black one's the moon. That's there right. You whatever you, however you want to do it, you can just do whatever you need. So as they're, as they're circling around, what happens is they behave kind of like giant spotlights, kind of. The sun is just emitting daylight down onto the earth disk as it circles around and the moon is emitting a weaker night light to moonlight i guess that's what we call it it's it's emitting like moonlight down onto the the earthlings might get really scared in the dark let's give them a little (laughs) nightlight you might be led to ask the question of how do they think light works even if the sun and moon are just spotlights like if the sun is a spotlight shining down on a particular part of the earth it doesn't mean you're not going to still see it from far away, like from the night area, if you look over in the distance, you should still see a spotlight, right? Sure. Like, That's what you'd think. The, the the answer to this question actually kind of blew my mind when I realized how different the flat Earth model is from my model of the universe. Right. The basics of physics and so many fundamentals of science are completely thrown out the window. So why, do you want to explain how light their model of how light works. Yeah, sure. So, you know, in science class and physics, you learn that light travels indefinitely. Mm-hmm. You know, you can see light. You might see it a million years after it's been emitted, but, you know, if you're really far away, but you'll right. still see it. To them, that's not true. At a certain point, light dies out from, while it's traveling towards you. So if it gets far away enough, you're just not going to see it. Even if that distance is only like several miles or something. Right. Like Even if it's only like thousands of miles away, just, you're not going to see it. Because it, it just stops reaching you. Right. So their argument is that the sun, in spite of how bright it is, like it's if you're not in the day area of the world, you are just too far away to see the light of the sun because exactly. the light just evaporates or, some, or who knows what happens to it. It evaporates and goes into the sun clouds, which rain down sunlight <laughs> later on and goes into the water system. You, you shouldn't say this because legitimately, like, for all people know, like, we're like, that's yeah, an actual... that one part about a uh, sun-water cycle wasn't true. There are no sun clouds. Sorry, I made it up. Man, is there any other, like, main basic point we should hit about what they're... Oh, I mean, stars and planets do the same thing. I mean, celestial right. bodies in general. So the movement of constellations, you know, that is on the inside of the dome or it's outside the dome and you're seeing it. Yeah, stars and planets are literally tiny points of light outside of Earth. Like Earth is is the only real It's like the like biggest thing planet. in the universe. The Earth is the biggest thing, yeah. yeah. Everything. The sun's smaller. Planets are just tiny little shiny things. Yeah. Stars are tiny little lights. It is a is completely foreign to any model that we are currently using. Right. So when people hear this stuff, like literally without fail, the very first thing every single person asks a flat earther is, well, if the earth is flat, then how come we always see when ships uh, sail out, they always disappear from the bottom to the top. And the thing about all these communities, like we're talking, we're talking about flat earthers right now, but the thing about every single one of these communities is you're not going to stump them by showing up one day and being like, hmm, did you ever think about literally the first thing that came to my mind when I heard you? This whole house of cards is falling apart. If you're talking to a Nazi and you bring up your point about why diversity is good, I guarantee you they've thought about the value of like the merits of diversity a lot more than you have. If you come up to a flat earther and the first thing you say is like, right, but like, did you ever consider that like there's a lot of evidence for the earth being round? Like they've thought of, they've thought of all these things already. Yeah. 
And what's really fascinating is once you start investigating that stuff, they have their own science, not not literal textbooks, but basically they're essentially building textbooks, though, like yeah. alternate flat earth science in the form of, I mean, like, you know, YouTube videos and, and like websites and various forums and stuff like they're trying to collect this whatever data they can to literally build an entirely alternate scientific not even method like like what is it? like scientific canon i don't even know what you'd call it yeah like I mean, everything we know as science it's a very objective term for it but like they're building an alternate science essentially and this isn't even just like like a creationist type thing where it's like we believe in science we just think that like at one point a miracle happened or something like this is literally they're building an entire scientific method you're throwing out a that large is alternate yeah. amount of fundamental scientific views and like things that have been proven like the the funniest thing is they'll be like people will have a globe but that's never been proven that the world's round it's like it's been proven a lot you just don't agree with the like the ways that they've been proven you know oh sorry i never actually explained the ship going away oh yeah what yeah. what was the ship disappearing from the bottom first? right so what they'll say is that that's an optical illusion um <sighs> it appears that the ship is disappearing bottom to top but actually, and they'll get telephoto lenses and stuff, they'll get like with super zoom and stuff, and they'll record video of ships sailing away, and they'll show like if you actually zoom in, the ship is just getting tiny and tiny and tiny. It's just that you, your, your mind is losing detail at the bottom where it meets with the water. You're focusing so much on the top of the ship because that's the most distinct part. The bottom only appears to be disappearing first, but really, the whole thing is shrinking, and you're just losing detail that you're noticing at the bottom, from Boom. bottom to top. Are you a flat earther yet, listener? <laughs> right. How I are mean, you not? They've thought about this. Like, they have an answer. They are video. There's a ton of responses to this. And when people come to them, the first thing people say always, it drives me insane, honestly, because it's like you haven't done your research. Because you would know this is a question they have an answer to. Sure. It, it may not be a correct answer or a good answer. Like, I, I personally, I have no idea if that explanation what merit that has at all. But what I do know is people come to them trying to disprove this to them, being like, oh, what about the ships? They disappear bottom to top when they when they sail away. The per- All the person has to do is come back and say, oh, we have evidence for that. Did you not know? And all of a sudden, the flat earther in the mind of the other flat earthers is like, duh, boom, science. It was proven right there. Like, this guy's an idiot. He doesn't even know. Right. So, yeah, I get creative when you actually think about, like, this ridiculous cosmology. How do you actually disprove it? It is. And b- but before we talk about how to disprove it, let's talk about some more of the basis of like, like what are their views on different fundamental scientific facts like gravity? Sure. Yeah, I mean, gravity doesn't exist, or at least the force that gravity is exists. So there is something pushing us downward. The whole world and our and the snow globe that we live in is all just vertically traveling up. And we're like being forced to the ground. That's essentially. right. To them, gravity is just the snow globe that we're living in is just accelerating upwards at 9.8 meters per second. Mm-hmm. It's just not mass distorting space. That's not gravity. And here's okay, so here's a fascinating thing is that they are attempting to scientifically prove the flat earth model and so some of the ways they do this like one is and this one this one really gets me. People will take levels you'll use to level a, a picture or something with there'll be a little air bubble in some liquids and depending on where the air bubble moves you can use that to determine how flat something is and what they'll do is they'll get on like airplanes and travel in an airplane like across the world like far enough that it's like clearly we've traveled around a curve assuming that the earth is curved and they'll have the level and the entire time they'll be like look at this the level is not moving at all this proves that we're traveling straight flat the entire time how is your worldview not completely shattered right now? Do you want to explain why that doesn't make why that doesn't work? Yeah, because the bubble is pulled down by gravity. No matter where you go on the surface of the earth, the bubble is going to be pulled down. Down. It staying flat is not evidence that the you earth are is. not that the earth is flat. Everything is relative to the center of the globe. As you move around the surface of the earth, things are going to behave as if they're moving across a flat surface. There was a there was a similar one where there was a guy talking about he took a gyroscope onto a plane. And he says, you know what a gyroscope is? It stays flat no matter what direction you move it. So you can flip it upside down and the gyroscopic level in it will stay the same. Yeah. The same principle. The gyroscope is pulled down towards the direction of the Earth by gravity. Another experiment they love to do is they'll send up weather balloons with cameras on them. And as the weather balloons go up, 
they'll try to find the curvature of the earth on the horizon. And I mean, you can go on YouTube, you can watch these videos there. It's not there. Like it looks flat as a pancake, you know, and they'll, they'll point to that as proof that disregards the fact that like, a weather balloon can't go high enough. They're not to... going high enough to see the curvature of the planet. Right. They'll say that it that it should easily be perceivable. Sometimes people will come to them and say, I've ridden on airplanes before. I've looked out the window. I can see when we're cruising at a high enough altitude, you can start to see a curvature. You're wrong, actually, though. Well, do you know what they do you know the response I know to exactly that one? what they say. They say, Yeah, because all plane windows have a curvature to them, and that is distorting the horizon line it just it creates an artificial curvature and that i mean at that point that's not like science or anything like that's not that's not scientific proof that is that's getting into conspiracy theory territory oh boy that it's definitely conspiracy theory territory for a lot of this stuff right because if this is all true and the earth is flat there's a massive cover-up because there are there are entire industries and systems and things that are all predicated on the earth not being flat well i mean here's the thing of course the globe making industry of course people make globes for classrooms they they must be the most powerful individuals in the world because they have the most to lose i can't no, I, t- I, I, I legitimately i don't know if that's a joke or not did you hear that the, the globe in the globe building industry is kind of this? there was one video and i don't know if this is all flat earthers have this understanding of how governments are like covering this up obviously they believe like the moon landing was faked Right, right. So there was this one video that I came across which tries to explain the history of sort of the world from a flat Earth perspective. Mm -hmm. So essentially the belief is before Copernicus, who came up with the heliocentric model of the solar system. The sun is at the center of the solar system. Correct. Basically they say before that, everybody believed flat Earth model, uh, which is already not true. I was going to say, I'm pretty positive that wasn't true already, but yeah. Even before Columbus, people knew that the world was round. So the attitude is that... Once Copernicus brought up this theory, everybody was just sort of like, oh, yeah, world's yeah. round. And everybody just well went be. with it. Yeah. But when people were going to the South Pole, they realized that there was an edge to the world. And when they started the space program and they couldn't get out of the dome that the Earth was in, which you'd like, you'd think that you, somebody would see like, hey, spaceship just blew up against a giant dome. I was, I was actually about to ask that. Do they, I, I don't know anything about that. Do they... Do they think that they have evidence that that happened? Well, here's the thing. They say, look at whenever a space shuttle or some kind of rocket takes off, it goes at an angle. It curves back. And basically the argument is that it lands again. Um, Oh, they only appear to go off into the sky. They're actually circling back and landing out in the ocean. I mean, you could look at a video of the space shuttle taking off and it kind of curves Mm -hmm. because they're going into the atmosphere. It's easier. Yeah, it's easier to approach that way because you get less resistance or something. I I don't understand it. It's it's literally rocket science, so I don't... (laughs) Sure, but the, the point is that they're not actually going up into space. They're going to basically like go up high enough towards the dome and then just come back. Without anybody seeing it, and they're they're just like putting on a yeah putting on putting a show. out a show. Well, how would we see it? It's too far. The light wouldn't even travel to us from. Oh yeah, yeah. Don't even know. Dude. And rockets are like barely as bright as the sun, right? <laughs> and they believe that like you know in the '60s the Soviets and the Americans like found the top of the dome with all of their rocket tests and all of the atmospheric nuclear tests that were going on were them trying to blow up the dome like really? we gotta get out. Yeah, that I never knew about. Um. Well, I mean, there were there were nuclear tests where they were blowing stuff in. Like, I mean, the U.S. and the Soviets were blowing up everything they could with nukes. Like, how I mean, big a nuke can we make? Can we blow up the sky? You know, like, crazy I, stuff like that. I, I, I definitely believe that the Americans <laughs> and the Soviets blew up a lot of stuff with nukes. But I, I have to admit, I never thought that they were blowing up the sky with the nukes. <laughs> that, that was the part that surprised me specifically. <laughs> they allege that they were trying to blow up the sky. Right. That they're trying to blow up the dome that was on in the sky, essentially. And they couldn't. So Were they working together? Sorry, I feel like I'm getting off topic, but I've never I've never heard this. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um the guy says that yeah, all world governments are working together to keep the illusion that the world is round. Right. Because power corrupts and nobody wants to lose their power. What power governments gain from the world being round, I don't know. But there is sort of a general, like, if people knew that the world was flat, then... They'd rise up? Yeah, people would rise up. I mean, it's typical, I I would say in in a lot of ways, this is mandatory to all conspiracy theorists, or to, to all conspiracy theories. And this stems back to 1984, the idea that the people in power, all they have to do is lie to you. It doesn't matter what the lie is. 
as long as they can find a lie, stick with it, and feed it to you just to throw you off so that you never trust yourself. Right. And that is enough to keep you subservient. So if their lie that they chose is the world is round instead of flat, like that's such a massive lie that like that would have to screw with people. Basically, they control the message. They control the truth. So they've, they've built an entire scientific framework to justify this. And a lot of times when people talk about flat earthers, like that's kind of where the conversation ends with them. The thing that I don't know how nobody talks about this is that there is a much bigger, more essential part to explaining the flat earth mentality. Right. And that is that it is essentially a religion. I'm not speaking in hyperbole or exaggerating to make a point or anything. Like literally it is a decentralized religion. Yeah, there's no church of flat earth or right. something like that. There isn't a particular like organized religion around it, but it, it it has religious elements to it. Like you could apply religious argumentation to justify a flat earth world. Like a lot of people that I've been listening to are, you know, will draw arguments from like creation story in the Bible. Like they believe that the dome is the firmament, uh, the snow globe. The firmament though, because that's something that I think even a lot of Christians won't know what you're talking about. So in the creation story of Genesis, you have the idea that there are waters above and waters below that are separated by the firmament. And the way that a flat earther that is Christian will conceive of that is the firmament is the snow globe Mm -hmm. and the waters above is sort of the blue sky, essentially, that the dome is like a glass container and you, the blue that you're seeing in the sky is, is water. And then below the earth, that below the earth is another water, is another like giant ocean or something along those lines. Interesting. In my experience, I've mainly dealt with sort of agnostic flat earthers, maybe. So there's a interview. It's a pretty popular video you can find on YouTube with Stephen Molyneux, where he's interviewing just a guy. He's just talking to a regular old flat earther guy. He was explaining that he was uh, an atheist before he became a flat earther. In spite of all the scientific argumentation for it, like at the end of the day, your model for the world is a literal snow globe. And that demands that there is some kind of God or creator thing behind all of that. And And plus you're throwing out a lot of science too. So your perception of the world becomes fundamentally changed. So you're able to look to different cosmologies, I guess, to try and explain that. Because you can't use a scientific explanation. You know, you have to use something that is, you know, that doesn't rely on strict observation. So even if you enter into this thing not with a a, a predisposition towards, you know, some sort of Christian worldview or something, at some point you have to reach the conclusion that there is some kind of God force behind this. And at that point, like, how do you respond? Bond to that like it's going to be in some kind of whether you go off and say well like well maybe that opens door to me becoming you know christian or muslim or something i've seen flat earth communities in both christian and muslims sure um so that may funnel you over to those religions but or you may say like you know i may have to find some sort of spiritual way to communicate with god another way like regardless what it is like eventually if you're on the path of flat earth like you're going to get to a point where that's in that's an inevitable conclusion you reach, and it becomes a very religious thing at that point. And even the most, even the least religious flat earthers that I've came across, they don't know exactly how to explain the dome or the flat earth world. Mm-hmm. But it's a little, it's like you said, it's a, a bit agnostic. Like one of the interviews uh, or one of the videos I listened to where a guy was explaining flat earth. He'll say, we don't know who constructed this dome uh, or at what point it'll be lifted or things like this. And he was sort of positing that it could be aliens. It could be some sort of interdimensional force. It could be a god or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. This isn't to say that I think everybody who is a flat earther is absolutely committed to one religion in particular. But it does take you away from just sort of a strict atheistic uh, worldview. An interesting element specifically in the christian aspect of this because i haven't encountered so much any any like muslim, muslim. or jewish or anything like that i don't uh, see them like making videos or whatever but i do see them among like okay forum type stuff 
a lot of these people are using Old Testament evidence, so it is like it's I, applicable I, you brought to anybody. It, yeah, you brought it up as a uh, you said that sometimes it's like a Jewish conceptualization of like cosmology. Yeah, no, I mean this entire dome thing. I said Truman Show, but like honestly, if we're going back, this is an ancient Jewish cosmology. I mean, and right. I mean, I assume that they're they're getting it from the same sources when they were showing like images of what they imagine the world looking like. It is legitimately one of these ancient Jewish sort of. Not it's and not an ancient diagram, but it's a diagram of that cosmology, this ancient Jewish cosmology, and a shale in it, things like that. You know, shales, the underworld, the Jewish underworld. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, mostly the people I've encountered, most of the videos I've watched, yeah, they're being produced by Christians, but particularly these Baptist Christians who are like KJV only sort of Baptist types. You're gonna have to explain to me what what the heck a KJV only means. Yeah, so <laughs> there are certain, particularly American denominations, who they will only rely on the King James Version, which is basically a version that was created in 1611. Uh, it was commissioned by the King of England, King James. And that's the only one they will use. And that's the version with the, like, thou shall... Exactly. If you if the, you hear, like, a Bible verse and... with, like, these and thous and these this kind of old-timey language, that's the version you're hearing. Right. That's the only legitimate Bible as far as they're concerned. Sure. I mean, I'll, I'll see them, one, in their Flat Earth videos, making arguments for KJV. Like, there was a KJV-only sort of, like, clip from, like, some sort of video about, like, other Bible versions... It was really weird. I was like, I don't get how that fits into their worldview. The flat earth worldview? Exactly. Okay. But that's definitely an element of it. What does them only using the King James Version have to do with any of this? I mean, a lot of these King James only people who aren't flat earthers are a lot of these kind of... I mean, I, I hesitate to call them like crazy people, but I mean, they are... <laughs> you didn't hesitate too hard. Well... <laughs> I mean, but they are conspiracy theorists. A lot of these King James-only people will think that there is a conspiracy to pervert Christianity through other Bible translations. Other biblical translations. Right, and that's why they're KJV-only, because King James, I guess, is the only version that isn't perverted. So there already is sort of a strain of conspiracy theory ethos in sort of a King James-only, like, attitude. Right. So I don't think it's hard to get to other conspiracy theories, including a flat earth cosmology. Like one of the guys who I was listening to said that he became a flat earther and a Christian almost simultaneously. And the way he got to that was through a guy, a pastor named Stephen Anderson, Mm. uh, who's one of these King James only sort of advocate. And he's a really uh, awful person. Um, but he's he's one of these kinds of conspiracy theorists sort of people. Yeah. And it's interesting that that is his entryway into religion. And that also is married almost at the exact same time with a flat earth view, worldview. Right. Yeah. I and mean, that goes along with, with the bit I was, I was talking about earlier with the guy who says that he went from being an atheist to being a flat earther to being a deist. Like it was an inevitable progression that he went through so like one of these videos i was watching the guy is saying i'm trying to reconcile a lot of the scientific issues with the flat earth model from biblical arguments from like genesis essentially so you're saying that if people confront him with a scientific issue with the flat earth model his response is not let me harmonize the science his explanation is let me figure out an explanation based on what i can find in the bible i think it's in the toolkit absolutely it seems like he goes to biblical arguments first a genesis account because they take it incredibly literally yeah and then they will say we still have to visualize how this cosmology actually works so they go into sort of a very physical like scientific explanation of how that actually manifests itself right but if you're not religious like i ask the question is like well why would you believe this in the first place like this seems like an obvious starting point i still think it's a spiritual catalyst that drives people towards this When you talk to these flat earthers, a big thing they constantly come back to is how the people who believe in a globe are constantly devaluing humanity. If you believe that Earth is nothing but a sphere in a solar system, in a galaxy, in a potentially endless universe, then what value does a person possibly have? A virtue that they'll constantly extol about the flat Earth model is that the Earth is the universe and people are the only thing that matters here. 
this is a world designed for them that they're in. That, that sounds like a religion right there, like that alone. Right. I think the reason that this flat earth thing suddenly exploded the way it has recently is because this is directly in response to a much more nihilistic view of the universe that culture at large has been developing. And it's, it's a, almost a humanist movement or something along those lines. Uh, I mean, I guess you could call it that. Yeah, so the, I mean, the flat earth thing is essentially like humanity staring into the void and being so overcome with existential despair that these people have decided the only like the only possible response was to reject it flat out. Like I said at the beginning, like I I interact with conspiracy theory people all the like I've been doing it for a, the past decade, over a decade, just for fun. David's got chops. I, <laughs> that's, I, that's not supposed to impress anybody. <laughs> this is how I spend my free time. I, I hope nobody was impressed by that. Um, and the flat Earth people were a tiny weird community, and they just exploded all of a sudden. And I, it, I just had to try to figure out wh- why it was. And I think that's it, basically. Like cult- the culture at large has been embracing. The culture wants to em- engage with this this type of more nihilistic type of worldview hmm. rick and morty even is like evidence of that that is interesting because i was gonna say it sounds like they're like rejecting sort of a nietzsche thing which is like that's been around since like the 18th century you know or not the 18th century excuse me the 19th century it has but we're also entering into like the most secular time in history that's true arguably but i mean even regardless of like your personal philosophy or whatever like all you have to do is look at the universe and see there is a vast emptiness around us that that can be enough to haunt a person regardless of what you believe the dome is nice and cozy but that's the best explanation of why the sky is blue i think it's just water it's a big water thing. right yeah it's nothing to do with the 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 light the light being um not bent but like like the light waves okay can i say though for a moment i'm gonna keep that in because i think that's evidence that like Whenever you're confronting a community that you don't understand and you think is insane or stupid or anything like that, like, you got to check yourself because they can demolish you in debate. A flat earther has thought about the physics of the world probably a lot more than you have. Well, when you're a minority in a community, apologetics ends up becoming incredibly important. Yeah, no, the more the more under scrutiny your beliefs are, the better you become at defending them and because you have to. Right. Either you get better at defending them or you drop them. In a way, this the flat Earth thing is like it's evolving out of several different things because, like I said, like there are I've definitely experienced Muslim communities that are flat Earth. I've experienced Christian communities that are flat Earth. I've experienced Deist, I guess, communities that are flat Earth. And in a way, this is I, I don't know if it's appropriate to say this, but in a way, it feels like it's a new religion that's being born, like a religion of scientific method or something like that. Their theology is not based in like you know metaphysics or something like that or philosophy. Their theology is based in a brand new scientific method that they are building. For them, cosmology is coming first before any understanding of what God is or anything like that. Right, it's almost out of order. It's a science. It's a scientific method with the end goal, whether intentional or not, of it is a proof of God essentially. I don't know in what order these things have happened or if they're just sort of like coalesced and and this is where we've wound up. It's a it's a scientific proof of God that the religion is based around. It's it's so I I can't think of anything else quite like that. Well, I mean, most uh, even using the stories that religions tell about themselves like their own created histories mm-hmm. of themselves it, it starts off with Revelation first, and then you get to, here are details about the world that you might need, or something along those lines. Right. At least, I mean, most of my knowledge comes from Abrahamic faiths. So that's sort of the lens I'm looking at it through. Yeah. But I mean, I've, that's what I'm most familiar with, is that there is some sort of divine revelation, and then there is sort of a construction of what the world looks like. Like, you know, I study early Christianity and like the late Roman Empire, that's that's my field of study, cho- my chosen field of study. There's an understanding of like, oh, God exists, and Jesus was like, you know, the savior. Okay, but how does like, what's their relationship to each other? And what's this Holy Spirit thing? And like, of, over time, like, an understanding of like a tr- Trinitarian theology formed. But that wasn't like, 
it wasn't like they came to like, this is the universe. Oh, I guess that means God. You know, that's not how it starts. You start off with some kind of divine revelation, like I said, and then it becomes, you build a cosmology off of that. Right. I don't know if I have an exact final thought on all of this, but I'm still, in a lot of ways, I'm still processing this because what we've got is sort of a burgeoning amalgamation of religions. Like, it's weird. Like, I don't know... I don't know what else in history is quite like that. I mean, as a history guy, you, you, this is your, you're supposed to answer my, my question all of a sudden. I mean, religious sort of mixing, that's something that's always existed. Like different traditions have sort of been imported into other religions mm-hmm. and worked in sort of like, I think the big example like that in the West you might hear is uh, Easter is like a fertility holiday that has sort of been worked into uh you know, the death of uh, Jesus. Christians, yeah. You know, that sort of thing always happens, religious syncretism. Mm-hmm. But this is like a weird alternate, like, not weird, but it's an unprecedented sort of mixing of just different theological conclusions based off of a single cosmology, which I don't think I've, I know of ever happening in history. Right, right. So, I mean, you know, this I, I think this goes to show we are living in history things are changing in the world around us. Like, it's been really easy for me to think of us as, like, living at the end of history, sort of. Like, at least until spaceships or robots show up or something. I mean, we have spaceships, but, like... Uh Uh-oh, David, do you not believe that the moon landing happened? (laughs) I'm going to do you one better, Evan. I don't believe there is a moon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's interesting because, yeah, the... the... (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's funny you say that, David. I don't believe there's a moon. (laughs) I thought I was alone on that. We're like, like like French resistance members. We we've tried to subtly hint to one another. <laughs> what I meant. What more is there to say from the inimitable, inscrutable Wonder Boy? Wonder Boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a good place to end. Is right. any? I'll tell you what's really important, Evan. Speaking of all this talk about planets is, is reminding me that this is a really important day. You know why? Why? Because today is one of the days leading up to the release of the new Star Wars movie. And I mean, I don't know when we're when we're going to put this out. Because... We're definitely releasing this before Star Wars comes out. Okay. I know we missed the, the deadline for Stranger <laughs> Things and Halloween, but definitely. In my time on the internet, I've discovered that there is no holiday stupid halloween christmas thanksgiving hanukkah none of it matters compared to the release of a giant tentpole feature film because all of a sudden all of us little people we got hashtags we can ride on we can just we can just grab on as those hashtags float through the internet and people come and they come to see and we get to be like hey check out my fan art because people are searching for it already and they might accidentally come over we're gonna we're gonna get the the drops of sweat off of the main <laughs> off the brow of the main product that I, people are looking for i imagine it's like you're laying a trap in the trail behind whatever the franchise is so people are chasing after the franchise but then they'll fall into your the trap of like i found your infographic or whatever yeah yeah and you've been ensnared it'd be like for example if like a new season of stranger things was coming out and somebody wanted to release a podcast episode and like sort of market it as like the truth behind Stranger Things just so that people would click on it because they know that it's popular anyway. So what I was thinking is let's do like a song or something, right? Oh, so a I, duet? Mm, well, I can sing like, okay. That's really too bad because I was really planning on doing this by myself. <laughs> no, so what I was thinking is I'm not a good singer, but I'm like decent at rapping. I'm glad I'm not doing a duet with you then. And I know all the words to the seminal Lose Yourself by... Eminem, Marshall sure. Mathers. Yeah. So I was thinking, like, how hard could it possibly be to just, like, do a Star Wars-themed parody? I was reskin the whole song. I'll... Like, really hard, I, I think. No, I know Star Wars really well. Yeah, Yankovic, like, he's very... It, it's a lot of work. Well, my thought is it can't be too difficult to put out a parody. <laughs> <laughs> well, David, I, I guess we'll see. It's fine. I'll just, I'll just roll with it. Let's just, let's just do it. Here, let me... Uh, David, if you can pull out uh, a parody, a Star Wars-themed parody of Lose Yourself right now, then you know what? I will think you're the most talented rapper in the entire universe.
It's fine. I'm Star just pulling Wars up. Universe. I'm pulling up on YouTube the Lose Yourself uh, instrumental version. Let's give me. A tr- let's give me a background. Give me a. Give me a beat. I can't. You want me to give you a beat? No. Or you're asking YouTube to give <laughs> me a beat. Asking YouTube to do it for me. All right, Evan. You can. You can be the soundboard guy. You know how that works, right? Yeah. Okay. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, Rebels took the opportunity to cease plans to the Death Star and race home, but now the Empire's captured them and are boarding their ship. Boom. Sparks like confetti, it's Darth Vader breathing heavy The princess has a clever Hail Mary, her droids will ferry The blueprints down to the surface of Tatooine They get an escape pod, look for Obi-Wan the Jedi Then they get found by some clown named Luke Astound, and when the princess's message, a help comes out Das Mensch hat Frau, that's German for it's Nazis brow Their stench is foul, then Alderaan's exploded, blow Luke shoots down to Mos Eisley Hive, a scum and villain He drives through lots of bad CGI To some bar where they hire Han and Chewie to fly Cross the galaxy right where all the Russia reside But it blew up so they hide in the Death Star Decide to save the princess inside And in time better finds hiding Ben Kenobi Fight with your lightsaber slow Geriatrically better not strike him down Or become more powerful than you can possibly you imagine use the force, Luke it's mystic Your friend's gonna be one's nothing but a pile of ropes You got his bots, R2-D2 and C-3PO Still it sucks you know, cause he's the last Jedi You better use the force, Luke it's mystic Get a tune that's no moon you can hit the tiny hole. Kid, that was a great shot. Do not get cocky, though. Next movie. It's cold, Luke shaking. Obi-Wan's ghost is saying. Dagobah is the place where Yoda's been. He's got a sorta speech disorder. The Emperor hunts Skywalker. His superstar destroyers deploy walkers. Squash poor Doc Ralter. Time to bounce out of the snow and find Yoda. That gnome don't act sober. He's all mumbo jumbo and quotes to Park Chopra. Solo roams hounded by foes, combing for a new home with his partners. His old bro Lando rolls on him for a dollar. Then Yoda shows he'll raise a ship out of water. So Luke goes to save his bros from Darth Vaughn. Lay off Fawn, Solo's her bow, he knows, frozen a mold and posed awkward. Vader all terse at his quo, with Lando praise altered, no farther, Boba Fett takes Han, should we go? You better use the force, Luke, it's mystic, and you're green, but you're lean, and you're mean, oh, also. Vader's your pop, I guess that info strictly need to know, sorta glossed over that detail the first time. You better use the force, Luke, it's mystic, they trained you, explained you, are the Jedi's only hope. Don't get your head chopped off and tossed down a giant hole. You know this movie ends on a pretty down note. Set a state, Jabba's place, and Han's encased in his scruffy-looking carbonite collector's case. Princess Leia goes from badass to bikini slave for nurse to fantasize about their middle age. The whole crew spying, conniving, get Han boosted. And I say this as a fan, but their plan's so convoluted. Next up, Yoda dies and decides that they're wrapped because Luke's a bona fide real Jedi, I guess. And here's where I to ride this quagmire, I'm pausing this shanty. They planned a grand slam, but exhausted screenwriters are on the third movie. Script could be tighter, but this part I like. Cut to the Death Star, and the Emperor wants to barter, says he needs to slaughter Luke's team, but Luke could garner power just by killing his father, take his place as partner. This evil Dalai Lama scheme to get Luke on his team and conquer. Also, we got a rebel fleet of calamari rocketry facing off against Imperial Dreadnoughts. Some cool FX shots, tons of exploding pilots, then the British fish guy figures out the obvious it's a trap han and leia probably kiss a lot who knows i cannot get past those dang ewoks rest is recycled plot from the original plot because blowing up death stars is the only idea this franchise is good better use the force luke it's mystic but hold it a moment first a shout out to lando Guy who made the shot that got the new Death Star blown up No one gives enough credit to the black guy You better use the force, Luke, it's mystic You're pissed, but resist it You gotta keep yourself control Gotta teach your dad to love before he comes a ghost You protected the galaxy from the dark side You did it But they'll make as many sequels as they can mine from you, man 2017 <laughs> <laughs> That's David Anderson David. Yes. I got hand to you. You are better than Weird Al Yankovic. That's what I thought. You just pulled that out right now. 
Yeah, it was really hard. Especially the especially difficult part was the part where I had to uh, layer multiple vocals. I was gonna say, how'd you get the where'd the background singer? I can't find them. Yeah, no, it was really hard. Uh, yeah, so that was probably like the dorkiest, nerdiest thing I've ever done. Yeah, uh, but, was was make that song. But it was like you got like twenty nerd cred. That is the end product of a. That was, I, I made. I wrote that over the course of literally a decade, which is why it's. Which is why it's set to lose yourself because yeah. that was the original. This song was not that old when I originally uh, started. Literally, the only reason that I even know the words to lose yourself—that's like my go-to thing at karaoke. Yeah, is because I've been working on this Star Wars parody off and on since I was in, in high school. Wow. Like, this is not a joke at all. Well, I rescind my congratulations on being better than Weird Al, because <laughs> Weird Al is much more prolific than you are. It's a much better turnaround than I do. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, my, my original intention was for this parody to be released when Star Wars Episode Three came out. <laughs> oh, man. In 2004 or five or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, hey, man, when I heard they were rebooting Star Wars... I thought now's my time, and then uh, and I, I missed it, and then Rogue One came out, and I missed that too. But Not now, again. now they're releasing Episode Eight. This is it. I knew it was meant to be. Not again. I was meant meant to be. Hey guys, it's David again. The show is over, but you know how it goes. It's time for credits. First, I'd like to thank A. Himitsu for his Cosmic Storm track that we're listening to right now. You know, we're talking about space, Star Wars, uh, Flat Earth, ancient Jewish cosmologies, a nice space-themey kind of song. Maybe it's a little bit more epic than the episode called for, but... I'd like to thank Something Unreal for his Windows XP remix that we use at the top of the episodes. And, of course, most important is you, the listener. Thank you for, thank you for joining in with us and, and hanging out, spending some time with us, having fun. So, I uh, can't wait to see you next time. Everybody have a great new year. It is about to start any second now. See you guys.